He's missed four of his last seven field goal tries. The snap, the spot, the kick clears the line. Sailing to the uprights. The it's kick good. is good! The kid did it! With two seconds to go! And the Patriots will win it here in Denver. 26-23. Welcome to Entitled Town. I'm AI Bert Breer. I'm hearing we're going to be positive every day. You're the people being negative, you and some of the fans. I can confirm that all the negativity in this town sucks. They've been around since Steve Grogan was booed, and since Zeke Mowad and I were menacing, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world, lousy. The sense inside the building, that I've been banned from, is that Patrick Scartelli is here with four downs for the win in Denver. Farting into my couch cushions in Duxbury, I'm AI Bert Breer. Scart see? Thank you, AI Bert Bot. These are the four downs from Sunday's Patriots at Broncos game. Down one, Christian Barmore. Why is he a down after a uh, forced fumble, eight tackle, and three sack performance? Well, I'm not going to divulge specific information. It wouldn't be fair to my sources. <laughs> down two, Chad Ryland. Sorry, you can't miss four points worth of kicks and then be all kinds of happy when you score three at the end of the game to take a three-point lead. Okay. And also, the team has now dropped all the way down to the fourth pick in the draft, where it's all just jags and slappies. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for deciding all of a sudden to stop sucking and ruin the tanking experience. Down three, and this is connected, the thin air in Denver. Ryland's kick would have been good from 65 yards. Stupid mile-high city. I hate it. Down four, Miles Bryant because something must be terribly wrong when media members as opposite as Mike Reese and Andrew Callahan are both telling me that Brian's heady play somehow saved the game. I have to assume everyone is in on the scam. You're not fooling me, buddy. Okay, those were the four downs. We now bring you to Entitled Town. This is Entitled Town. <laughs> Welcome back to Entitled Town. Uh, we're here after a victory in Denver. Uh, the Patriots go into the Mile High City. They win 26-23. to 23. They effectively end Russell Wilson's career. Ted Nation, round of applause to the Patriots ending the celibate midget's career. Um, I don't want to live in a world, Dan, where the Patriots winning in Denver is a bad thing. Uh, so let's, let's we'll get to the tanking versus uh, trying discussion in a bit. But it was a uh, it was a nice early Christmas presents ripping out, uh, ripping out the playoff the hopes the playoffs uh, the Bronco fans had for their team to make the playoffs. It was beautiful, and God bless Ryan, mental toughness and all that. But good for him. Yeah, especially the way they did it. I mean that they they had a ter a terrible start to the game, and they were resilient, and and in instead of having a, a good first half, he had uh, he had a, a great second half, that great third quarter. Um, and it wasn't something where, yes, they they they, they try to take into consideration Zappi's uh, his weaknesses and try to have a game plan that was smart. But at the end of the game, he still had to come through and deliver on some big plays, and they had some big chunk plays too. So stepping up into the pocket, uh, uh, the the line came through uh, with the protection on that that touchdown to Gasicki. Uh, there's, I, I don't know how anybody could be upset with that. Just, it was such a, a fun, fun game to watch. Fun ending. You had to be so happy for Ryland at the end too. Yep. 
yeah, I'm just thrilled with that. I, I don't care that that uh, about the draft. We'll get we'll get to that later. Right. But no, Scott, see, that, that God for that God forsaken place, both uh, the new Mile High Stadium and the the old Mile High Stadium. That venue slash venues has to be at the top of the list for houses of horrors for any New England sports team. I mean, winning there is just um, the Patriots never beat John Elway in Denver or Foxborough. The best of Patriot teams of all times have struggled in Denver. I'm not going to be sad about winning in Denver, and I'm not. Me neither. I think we our, our chairs are you know precisely in a row when it comes to that. We it was like. Uh, it was a great game. It was an exciting game. I know people were, you know, expecting expecting the worst after you know after a uh, a setback loss the the week before in the uh, flexed out game, but uh, it was a uh, it was everything you wanted you unless you were unless you were you know invested in the tanking and you can't uh, you can't count on the losses unfortunately right. that's right. how you know you just like. Just like you can't do the uh, can't do the uh, Mike Francesa going over the uh, schedule when it's released. Yeah, that's a win. That's a loss. You can't be doing that. <laughs> that's good. You know. Dog. Yeah. That's a win. Dog. <laughs> uh, you're worried about the gorilla. There we go. We're, we're just uh, see. We're all just we're all just giddy. It's like it's like we're you know like we're you know taking in the thin air up in uh, up in Denver. Which was uh, which I said, like I said in the uh, in the four downs. I think, I think the thin air helped with that last kick. And you've got to. And speaking of air, you've got to wonder if uh, Ryland was worried that the officials didn't inflate the uh, kicking balls all the way <laughs> in the first half again. It's in his head, caller. It it, it probably was in his head. It'd be in my head. <laughs> but 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 I'm a worrier. But uh, no, uh, I'll, I'll take the wins. I can I can handle a six win season. I can do that standing on my head. We have even done it that, in the past. It's been a while, but we us, have. Yeah. Even if that takes us all the way down to, you know, the spot where they picked Mayo back in the day. Or Willie McGinnis. Or, oh, so, yeah. or somebody like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dan, where are we at with Zappi? He he had a pretty good game uh, at Denver. He was 25 of 33, 256 yards. So a decent um, yards per attempt. The two touchdowns took a couple of sacks. The, the early turnover, which probably didn't have a chance. Um, surprisingly decent, surprisingly average is how I, how I would put it after he's, he was, you know, free to, free to anyone who wanted to pick him up during the year. And the team looks, you know, listen, they're not going to be confused with the 07 Patriots at any point, but they yeah. look a lot more competent and they can actually, as you mentioned, make some chunk plays down the field. Is he playing his way in, onto a, uh, Coming back in uh, next season, I gotta think probably. Coming back, sure, sure. I mean, I I don't know if we what we see there for uh, him being a, a the, their starter next year, but um, he he can't, kept, he can't he, be the starter. No, no he can't. A, a competent, but, he's proven to be a competent backup over the past uh, past four starts or so. Yeah, he kept things alive. I mean, a lot of those plays were just because of his. He had some great movement in the pocket. I mean. Things that we were definitely not seeing from Mac, you know that, and that's what made some of those plays plays happen. He has sure. some good instincts in the pocket. I agree with you, Dan. You know, Mac shitting his pants and panicking and getting and getting rid of the ball and the, the interception in Germany against the Colts. Just 
I'll have a hard time erasing that one from my brain. It goes, it's right up there with the Drew Bledsoe, uh, Keevan Henry screen pass interception <laughs> in 97 that cost them home field in the playoffs. Okay. Um, I'm still not over that. It's Jesus. <laughs> um, Scarcy, Zappy, the chairs in a row. He's on, he's probably on the team as a backup next year. Oh, I think, uh, I think some continuity in the offense would be nice to have. And he's, he's definitely got a rapport with some of the receivers that, uh, that wasn't able, wasn't able to develop with, uh, with Mac, unfortunately, either due to, you know, injuries or, uh, just, uh, just the particulars as to who was going to be out there, you know, in, uh, in which formations, but, uh, it, it, uh, I think, I think he'll, uh, I think he'll be on the squad next year, with you know, hopefully uh, holding a clipboard. Yeah, agreed. Um, he he's uh, we've talked about this a little bit, Dan. We've we're now seeing a little bit of what their best case scenario, what they wanted to be. They have Parker making chunk plays. He had four for sixty-five, and it looks like they certainly have someone who can be a focal point of the offense with uh, Demario Douglas. He yeah. had. Uh, he had a good game. He had uh, five catches for 74 yards. Uh, again, he made some chunk plays along of 41. Imagine a 41-yard play. My goodness, it, it had actually happened on Christmas Eve. But uh, they've got some interesting pieces there, tons of cap room. Um, he surpassed, uh, didn't just surpass Deion Branch? For, uh, I believe he's third all-time for Patriots rookie receivers. Terry Glenn, of course, being the gold standard. Right. All right, so they're on to Buffalo on Sunday, a very trick-or-treat Bills team. The Bills go into L.A. last week, and they're double-digit favorites, and they managed to eke out a win on a field goal um, with a couple, just a few seconds to go in the last minute, and they hold on to win against Easton Stick in the Chargers. And I, I insert your Easton Stick joke here. <laughs> but uh, wouldn't it be beautiful? I mean, listen, if they go into that dump – in Western New York, are able to throw a monkey wrench in the playoff hopes of uh, of the Bills. I mean, to paraphrase Mike on Route One, give me a folding table, and I'm going to swanton bomb onto it. I am all in. <laughs> what do you think, Skarts? Oh, there's no way that this team could beat Buffalo. Wait, what? <laughs> this is this is a doable thing. It's not. Uh, you know, you can. Throw as many dildos you want out onto the field, but that's <laughs> that's not going to that's not going to that's not going to accomplish anything. It's Buffalo is <laughs> how many losses they got? The Bills. Uh, yeah. Let's. I think I believe they're eight and six, but I'll double check that. What? Finish right. your point. No, it's just that they people seem to get the idea that they're the uh, they're the they're an undefeated six loss team somehow. They've uh, <laughs> they're 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 coasting on some sort of reputation, and I think they're going to coast right into the smack right into that uh, closing playoff window. Maybe you know, and you know, maybe have to uh, maybe we'll have to bring an ambulance out on the field again, kind of thing. Airlift, <laughs> uh, airlift, uh, you know, broken uh, Buffalo team out of there. The Bills are nine and six, caller. They are nine and six, and they're right behind Miami in the AFCs. I don't, I. I I don't think the Bills are a very good football team, Dan. I think they're exceedingly average, and I don't think they're very well coached. Right. Um, insert your Al Qaeda joke here for sure, Sean McDermott. <laughs> but they do they do have a good quarterback who keeps both teams in the game, and um, you know the Patriots are improving. You know we've made 
or I've made, tried to make the point that we haven't had that the last few years is that the Patriots have, have wilted a little bit as the season has gone on. Now there have been an unusual number, uh, high number of shitheads on the team with Trent Brown um, raising his hand and growing that group. But I, I do think um, as we've alluded to earlier, the fact that they can go into that venue and the defense had to be dog tired of the fourth quarter right. um, to let Russell Wilson score twice and get two deuces to tie the game, but they, Barmore is improving. Douglas is improving. Zappy's improving. The defense has been solid. Um, there is some mental toughness that uh, in the in the grand tradition of Bill, Bill Belichick team. So that's kind of nice to see as well. When they were getting to the end, and uh, like we were talking about with Denver coming back and uh, getting the two scores and then getting the two conversions, I was worried that. The thing about this team, well, you know, they they definitely are missing. It's all sorts of things. It's it's been the talent. It's been it's been some injuries. It's been some some coaching for sure. It's been the quarterback for sure. But a main mainstay of this is we'd only see one half of good football, right? Um, and I thought here here it comes again. They're 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 not ready to play sixty full minutes, and that that was the that was the nice uh, surprising part about that game was coming through and, and still staying resilient all the way to the end of the game. Um, so going up against the bills um, who've had their own problems that way, I, I feel like the bills haven't been the same since uh, Milano went down. Yep. I think that was a big factor for them. Um, so it, it is trick or treat, like you said, for what, what, what could happen in this game. I wouldn't be surprised either way, which, which bills team is going to show up and which Patriots team is going to show up. Agreed. Scarcy, they're, I alluded to there's a number of shitheads that are on the team with uh, Trent Brown leading the rake. Bill Beck, Belichick's two plus decades. You can almost count them on the fingers of two hands. You had Monty Beisel. I'm a big PR guy in 2002. <laughs> and then you had the, the shithead group in 2009. You had Adalis Thomas, Sean Spings, Joey Galloway. And then a couple of years later, Albert Hainsworth. I mean, I think the locker room, I do think there is a probably a, Purge needed on some level to get guys that buy in um, to to lead the team next year, particularly with you know Slater um, most likely hanging him up at the end of the season. Oh, the uh, the it, it, it you're seeing you're seeing things like uh, people are noticing that uh, Trent Brown was you know just sort of sulking in the background during the uh, during the locker room celebration in Denver, and if we're 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 not uh we're we're pretty we're pretty perceptive but you know other people are noticing this too that he's you know he's just being a uh being a dickhead about these sort of things and i unless unless he needs to be i'm not sure he's going to be uh going to be active the next two games yeah, i'm not i'm not relishing the thought of vidarian low playing left tackle for, for the last two games but if you're pro tank then maybe you are yeah, but uh, why tank at this point? It's much more fun to ruin other people's seasons. Oh God, is it, to be able to, like I said, <laughs> to be able to ruin the Bills' season. The, the flip side of that is it would make the Dolphins' season. So that's a that's a real Sophie's choice there, uh, Dan. Hey, uh, you know, as as we were ahead. talking about ruining seasons, should we mention that you you've seen what what the Broncos have decided now after post game what they've decided with Wilson? It's Russell Wilson has been benched. Uh, Scotty's friend Stidzy is going to take over. Old friend Stidzy. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. 
who actually well, played is... pretty well down the stretch for the Raiders last year. The Raiders probably miss him. O'Connell's terrible. And we'll see how uh, Stidham plays. But yeah, it's, um, there is a unbelievable, I live in the Pacific Northwest, as most of you know, and the unbelievable amount of schadenfreude about Russell Wilson getting benched. I mean, people flat out cheering over it. Uh, just please, please be on anything for it. I had a couple of messages from people I work with, you know, stating the ironic fact that uh, they took the Patriots took the legs out from Russell Wilson in February 2015. They did it again uh, yeah. almost nine years later. It's beautiful. I just I the, the guy's such a phony. And I've, I've seen some people whose opinions I respect saying that they would like to have him as a bridge quarterback for a couple. I want no part of that guy. He right. is he is poison from a team building standpoint. You don't have anyone from that 2013 Seahawks team that speaks well of him. Not one, and we're well into the nostalgia period where these guys are legends in this area. They all have their own TV shows and podcasts, and not one of them speaks well of Russell Wilson. And to me, Dan, that's pretty telling. And they got a windfall in that trade. Yes, they did. Including <laughs> uh, uh, Minnesota second-round linebacker who's playing pretty well for them, right? Yep, yep. It's yeah. uh, and Andrew Locke, who was a, a piece that came back who led them to that a Monday night win in the rain against Philadelphia. In the rain, of course it was in the rain. It was in Seattle against Philadelphia. Uh Dan, the other the, the bookend of our Christmas weekend, I cannot I can think of few better 18 hour stretches than the Patriots going into Denver and winning. And then the Celtics going into Staples Center or whatever the hell it's called now. Uh in r- drilling the Lakers. LeBron and the Lakers. The, the, LeBron James is despicable. His he injured Jalen Brown in the second quarter and flopped around like a fish out of water for about 30 seconds. You know, Lebr- when LeBron's acting hurt, that's when you know LeBron isn't hurt. Jesus right. Christ. Al Zerbeck in short pants, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and and then he comes back. It was like all of 30 seconds later that he came back for the block of Tatum where they, where they uh, called the foul on and then they had to uh, review it for somebody else's foul. But it, that that was like a tour de force for for uh, LeBron there between the the faking of that and then then getting called for the foul and then calling for the uh, for the review. It's it's you get to see all all of the ugly LeBron all at once. Agreed, and you know there was a lot of shoe pissing, Scarcy, when the Celtics blew the first game of the road trip. It, it definitely an annoying loss. I was pissed off when the, the Warriors have their number a little bit. Warriors aren't going to be in the fucking finals, but you know yeah. there's a lot of shoe peeing. But they finished the oh, road you, trip three and one, and breaking news: oh, the Celtics are good. But you can't try to out warrior the Warriors by shooting threes, right? I that, mean, that's so if, if we've learned anything, <laughs> people have got such a uh, people have just you know got their their you know pants up to their sternum over this <laughs> about the idea that you know, well, back in my day, <laughs> well, you know, okay, okay Bob Ryan. Oh, yes, right. Not just Is him, it? and you know, and and of course, uh, Gary Washburn too, and Gasper. Everyone's got this idea that, but and and of course, it's ridiculous the idea that if you drop the first game of the you know West Coast trip, that means you're going to go zero and four. You know, it's all just you know worst case scenarios played out and ad infinitum. I mean, the what uh, they had. Uh, Celtics had what five players in with twenty points or better against the Lakers. Yeah, that, yeah. That's that's always fun. We, they we'll, scored we'll, in the hundred and forties in the two games after that, 
um, against Sacramento and who else? Am I, oh, and against the Clippers. Yeah. And then you drop out, what, 126 on the Lakers? They just, it's a layup line. It's, it's beautiful. It's like what we were talking about a few weeks back about the Celtics, where you have, you know, teams will come back and, and they'll get close to, close to, uh, you know, mid fourth quarter. And we're, we're seeing games where in the past they might have lost those games and they just pull away. That, it, it feels like a different, different team than what we've seen in the last five years or so. They have a legitimate post presence on offense now. Yeah. Porzingis allows them that. Horford can do a little bit. Tatum, um, I think the best Tatum is when Tatum is attacking the basket. And he, when he attacks the basket, he gets certainly a lot more um, good looks from distance. But the, the difference Porzingis has given them is as great as Marcus Smart was. God bless Brad Stevens. He saw it. He believed it. He got rid of Marcus Smart. He's allowed White to emerge. And Porzingis, we're barely a third of the way through the season, but that is a yeah. – love to see them get another big guy. Maybe Kelly Olenek. It's been rumored. It's been thrown around. But, man, it's it, they are appointment viewing for me right now. And and Holiday had a great trip, too. Yes, he did. He, he yes, was he averaging did. 20 through the trip, right? Yeah, and you're not hearing a lot about what Smart is doing in Memphis or what Brogdon's doing in Portland. The Brogdon's having a Brogdon year is doing – He's uh, 15 points a game and he's shooting 38% from three like he does every year. But yeah. man, um, Holiday is just a perfect fit for for a team that has legitimate title aspirations. I want to get. Do we back. have to worry about the? Uh, do we have to worry about the two win Pistons being a uh, trap game for the Celtics? It's a trap, Scarcy. It's a trap. <laughs> uh, I have not watched one second of Pistons basketball this year, and by the time this is released, the game will be over. So. Let's hope we didn't speak some shenanigans into existence. Well, one would hope. I would. I would feel terrible. I'm sure you would. Um, <laughs> I want to get back to the the tanking discussion, uh, Scarzi. Uh, listen, I get the the. I think it's the vocal minority. I would argue that some of it's smooth brained, but um, <laughs> I understand that. I understand the tanking. This is not the NBA. You you cannot have guys playing half ass. You cannot coach to lose a game unless you're Brandon Staley, um, who then loses his job. But you can't, in my opinion, you cannot tank as a coach in, if from a, as a leadership standpoint without losing credibility moving forward. Um, do you want it? Do you want the best pick possible? Yes. But as you alluded to in the four downs, Scarcey, they're going to have a good pick. If they're six and 11, they're still going to have a good pick. They'll have ammo to do whatever they want. Move up, move down, stand back. That's pat. right. So right. they you're, will have you're not cemented into whatever pick you wind up at at the after the you know the final uh, final second ticks off the clock of the last game of the season. They, they, if, if they want to move up, they can move up. That's that's a that's a great thing. They've got uh, they got the possibility to do that. Maybe they won't need to. Maybe maybe they will. You know, oh, I, I hate the idea. Maybe they will draft a quarterback with their first pick. And then, like everyone knows, that you draft a quarterback with your first pick, and you can just—that's just you know—that's just printing Super Bowl tickets. Yeah, no kidding. It's Zach Wilson and Josh Rosen to wave hello. Right, <laughs> right. Sam Darnold. Yeah, I mean, we're all anti-tanking, Dan. Um, there, there is, there is. Listen, you you want a higher draft? If you're not going to make the playoffs, you want a higher draft pick, just in theory. But I think there's other things in play here. Uh, your thoughts on the on the tanking thing? Well, first of all, worst case scenario, I think they they get the ninth pick. I think they're 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 going to be no worse than ninth. 
So it'd still be a top 10 pick, but who knows how, how it's all going to shake out. But you were talking about the vocal minority that, that kind of plays into, I, I didn't mean it as this, but it turned into sort of a, uh, unintentional sociology experiment. Cause I was, uh, tweeting, uh, after the game about that very thing, it's talking first, first off about, uh, one was about, I, I said something that tanking was a loser mentality and to want your team to, to lose was a loser fan mentality. And the second thing I had was pointing out the Jets and how they've had a couple times where they're, you know, the second pick of the draft That's right. and losing out both ways, just kind of try to illustrate that nothing in the draft is a sure thing. Um, so while the first tweet got like 250 likes and the second one got 100, the majority of the people that actually responded to me, the people that commented were all in disagreement. You know, they didn't like being called losers. They said that the wins were meaningless or that the Patriots <laughs> were blowing it. And it was, you know, like all the radio guys, greatest hits. And <laughs> that's the divide right there. The overwhelming response is favorable, but not vocal. Uh, you know, a, a true silent majority. And the small group in disagreement were the ones who they're, they're coming at you with the Felger script. So I'm, I'm really hopeful that Kraft is listening to the right audience. If, if he truly is conflicted right now about what to do um, and, and is going by, you know, talking, talking to experts and what, watching how the, what the public response is, I'm hoping he's picking up on the correct response. Do you think that's what's come out recently regarding Kraft? vaseline do you think any of that is uh, more are more trial balloons about what's going on what the fan base is thinking i think there's part of that but and and i do think he's susceptible to public opinion i I, the thing i'm always worried about with the crafts is that they they want to make sure that they're not looking bad so that it it makes you kind of calloused toward it you feel like okay the um Rappaport had a, had something out that was in conflict to what Tech had earlier, what Tom Tom Curran had earlier, and I felt that was directly. I thought that was Jonathan Kraft trying to cover their ass a little bit, you know, like right, oh, right. This, this is going to make us look back. I, I don't want I don't want anybody to the idea of us already making up our mind back in Germany. Public opinion is making it sound like we're you know that makes us look bad. So they, they create this new scenario. Well, it's not, it's not decided yet. And if they win, you know, all the rest of their games, including the Kansas city one, maybe, maybe he could stay. Yeah. Tech. I thought you were having Jason Baratek was breaking news on the Patriots speed. <laughs> like he's yeah. Devin, Devin or Jason McCourty at this point. Um, Scotty, there's a lot of back and forth. There's it can be argued that current, uh, Curran had the initial report a few weeks after they came back from from Germany. Um, you could take it as he's walking some of it back, I suppose. But I think, you know, you would, again, uh, broached it briefly in the sports junk drawers. Like, maybe the guy has, maybe the guy is, the craft is, you know, torn up. I, I, I just don't know. I just don't think any decisions can or should have been made at this point. But it's, man, I don't know. I don't have a ton of faith in the guy. And, it's probably, as I've mentioned before, it's probably bad faith by me because he's hired two coaches and they're both going to Canton. What do you think? That that you you can't uh, you really can't uh, argue with that when it comes to the uh, the the uh, the two coaches thing. But that was you know, 
<laughs> my goodness, that was before there were uh, before there were iPhones. You know, to use some sort of you know modern <laughs> uh, modern break with things. That was you know that was right. You know, that was during the time of sliced bread being the uh, the coolest thing around. And you know, Bob is a bit of a Bob is a bit of a round heels. He can be uh, pushed around. He can be a bit of a pushover when it comes to these sort of things. And I I I, I still don't know how you can be. A, you can be irrevocably tied to a decision, but then thinking about possibly changing your mind, it's hard to say. <laughs> this all seems it, we're we're getting we're getting conflicting information about this, which doesn't help. Doesn't help. We I would like I would like to know what's going to be going on, but we're going to have to wait until uh wait until after that uh, that final game, which everyone is going to pretend could be bill's last game as a uh, new england patriot head coach. get ready for the overwrought drama from the oh, is, it's already out there uh i think shaughnessy wrote about it in the paper for this for uh the sunday paper who in his yeah, shaughnessy you know him <laughs> oh the, the shankster father the, the of the year sh- shankster yeah oh yes the uh you know the chb God bless Carl Everett. You know, I've been looking for that audio for years so we can use it on the podcast, and I haven't been able to find it. It's got to be out there. So if our if our listeners have it, please send it to the. Uh, please send it here, Dan. I don't think you can say a lot of things about Curran, and we have. I don't think Curran is a a fabricator. I would say that I would argue Bolin has fabricated. Bedard certainly has. Right. Um. Curran's got some info there, and I, I don't think it's too hard to, you know, follow the breadcrumbs and where he's getting it from. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't. I think there's some there. There, Mike on Route One has some. Uh, would love to have him on again. We'll see if we can work it out. The holidays are tough for everybody, but he, Mike, is alluding to, and I hope I'm not, uh, you know, breaking this before he wanted to discuss it, but. Mike thinks that Mayo is a rat from the inside and he might be the source of some of the shit. And I was like, okay, maybe Mayo was on the NBC takes Boston show <laughs> with um, Curran. Uh, so is Troy Brown, as a matter of fact, as well. Who's on staff. Right. That, that's, so that's, on... that's the NBC take show. Uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> God, that's, that's, NBC, that's, 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 NBC aids Boston is more like it, but you know, do you, do you have any feeling like that? Do you, I mean, do you have a feeling about Mayo is like, this, this been a, as I mentioned earlier, there's been a high shithead question um, revealing themselves in the locker room this year. Mills, et cetera, Brown, uh, Jones, uh, want to spin the wheel of Joneses and throw a dart at it. But, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like there's been uh, more issues this year than there have been in a long time. Yeah. Well, as far as Mayo is concerned, that, that feels out of character from what I thought his personality was. I, I, I didn't see that in him. Yeah, so, maybe he just uh, maybe he just talks with Karen because of their uh, previous relationship, and it's not so much being a rat as just uh, saying what he thinks going is going on. And Karen's playing Max Mercy, saying everything's on the record, baby. But I, I don't know what the rules are. I'm not I'm not a journalist, nor do I have aspirations of being one. Right. I, uh, I I truly believe that it is that if it were up to Jonathan, Bill's gone, but that. Craft. I, I still feel he sent uh, Robert's still sentimental. You know, he he looks at the of the broader picture. There, there's a lot of factors that go in, but that that's a long, long time marriage that you're trying to decide on, and I, it's it's not an easy thing 
No, it's not. And it's, I think, I think it was Kraft that used the phrase, they're looking for an elegant solution to this. That there has to be a solution might be a tell in and of itself. But, you know, I've mentioned it before. I'll say it again. I am, after they play Buffalo, the week leading up to, and particularly the week after, it's just have your antenna up for all the bullshit that's going to be spewed between WEEI 98.5 and NBC AIDS Boston, for sure. All right, we'll start to wrap up the podcast here. Now, I want to get back to something that I had written down that just didn't seem to fit, but I, I was genuinely curious as to what you guys thought. When the Patriots got the ball back um, with less than 50 seconds to go after Denver went three and out to give them the ball back, Denver had two timeouts. The Patriots have the ball deep in their own territory. Um, again, Denver has two timeouts. And the Patriots ran the ball in first down. They got six yards. By the way, Kevin Harris is a nice game. He runs pretty hard. So um, they maybe they have something there as well. They, they run again on second down, and it's third and three. Um, a lot of people, and the thought did cross my mind, that they may have been playing for overtime, which is stupid in Denver. The longer the game goes, in my opinion, the more adventure, uh, the more advantage that the Broncos have playing in that building at that altitude. I thought the Patriots were running the ball to set up a third down pass to make sure if Denver did get the ball back, they would have no timeouts and they had had some trouble moving the ball. And of course, they hit the chunk play. I mean, do you think it's? Do you think they were playing for overtime, or was that the move? Make Denver use their timeouts and then go for go for a, a, a gash play. What do you think, Dan? Well, with, obviously, with the benefit of hindsight, it right. doesn't it sure doesn't look like they were doing anything towards overtime. The the first, why would they pass if why would right, they pass but, on third down otherwise, right? Right, right. So the the first the first run, uh, I thought, okay, this is this is that. Let's see what happens. Run. Right, you know, let's and of course force the timeout. But let's let's see, what, you know, if, if we can get anything going here, that that that's going to, you know, it's not unlike uh, you know Super Bowl thirty six, the, the first thing, and then let's see what happens after that. Uh, that and then that d- d- dictates whether you're playing for overtime or not. So they got the nice run on the first one. On the second one, uh, I was halfway thinking on that one. Oh, maybe you know, maybe they are because it didn't seem to go anywhere. Because now you're putting everything on on Zappy, and he had to come through, which made it all the more impressive that he, that he did. And I can't believe Denver only rushed four on third down. I can't yeah. believe they didn't make him try to speed him up. Yeah, and and the the play before the kick too. I I that it's it was just a short little pass over the middle. But the things that you're asking that team, the way yeah. they played all all season long, to to get perfectly, you know, to to get up to the line to uh, to to down it on, with very very few seconds left. Yeah. That that was amazing. It's for the team to pull that together, that was exciting too. So. Yeah. And Ryland, Ryland's kick was Vinatieri-esque. If the goalposts were three feet wide, it would have been good. <laughs> right. Scarcy, I, I think the answer probably lies somewhere in the middle of what I initially thought and uh, taking a knee. Uh, I think if it's third and third and 12, they're running the ball and they're going to overtime. But, uh, you know, they, they gave themselves options. And, God damn it, the, the young guys came through and they won the game. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm 
been against you know playing for overtime ever since Madden brought it up in right. uh, Super Bowl thirty six. <laughs> if you if you've got a choice to win it in regulation, gosh, doesn't that, doesn't that work out better for you? <laughs> and uh, then like like you like you mentioned, Denver had all the advantages if they went into overtime. You know they're 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 uh, you know a loud home crowd. It was it was it, was, it looked like it was uh, looked like it was pretty full for a uh, for a Christmas Eve, which uh. Which was something. Which was something. You know, they they still they can still bang out that joint, even though they're you know all all terrible people to to a man. I'm certain of it. <laughs> but uh, and and, old uh, friend LeBron accepted. Oh, oh and not and not the chud in Los Angeles. <laughs> that's right. It's it's a lowercase b. That's how you know. Right. You, you can't really hear it, you know, when we say it out loud. But that's uh, that's how it, that's how it rolls. But yeah, but uh, and he's not even a uh, Broncos fan. Bless his but, heart. Uh, Exactly, but uh, like every everything worked out. Everything worked out. The things went as uh, things went as they needed to be for for New England to win in the uh, in the final seconds. Even though you you you're still ever since uh, even with two seconds left, there was you know a tiny tiny little little nagging thing in the back of the head going like, oh god, there could be a uh, there could be some sort of uh, some sort of Miami miracle. That could somehow somehow play out, and and Denver could win with two seconds left on the clock when the uh, when things started. It, but uh, but it it didn't work out that way. New England hung on for the win, and hey, that was uh, the fourth win meant you get a uh, fourth uh, fourth down on the fourth down segment. So you know you're welcome. <laughs> you know, I was worried about the pass interference penalty would would was you know because they've had some pretty poor piss poor. Uh, officiating in denver looking back at like 2005 <laughs> right oh, oh my could, god but, but i don't think joel, the, the is, ben joel watson still laughing? is he still is he, he's still back judging because <laughs> yeah. he, he was like a denver guy that was at that game yeah yeah you know i mentioned earlier about houses of horrors for new england sports teams don't really have many anymore i feel like we grew up we had the orange bowl they were never orange gonna fucking win in the orange bowl the montreal yeah. forum <laughs> The Philadelphia Spectrum and Yankee Stadium. Houses of horrors. What do we have now? We have maybe Denver. I don't consider consider the LA arena, the the, the crypto.com arena near the Staples Center a house of horrors. It's Miami for the Patriots. It's Denver. Um the Bruins can't really think. I can't really think of anything there. Do, one of them, one of the uh, Florida teams is kind of their kryptonite. Tampa. Tampa, exactly. I, I, but otherwise, and never liked course, going to Lake Coliseum in Quebec City in the eighties to take on the Stastny brothers either. <laughs> Belichick's never won in U.S. Bank. <laughs> well, there we go. Min- <laughs> Minneapolis, <laughs> the, the new all house of the, cars uh, for the two Belichick. Two times Patriots. that he's played there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say there was a pr- particularly satisfying win they had there in 06. When the Vikings had those huge, uh, the Williams brothers, the huge defensive tackles, and Dylan and Maroney working around that game, and Brady probably threw the ball fifty-five times that game. Oh, right. That was, was good. The, that was Without the first a... game for what was the big receiver they picked up? In- Doug or... Gabriel. Gabriel, yeah, he had a good game that game. <laughs> Another bust, Bill. Fire, Bill. No, another bust. 55 God, they, they... passes without a pin in his finger, even. <laughs> oh Jesus! Don't get me. Don't get he's baiting me. That's bait. <laughs> um damn so uh so yeah houses of horrors are far few and far between right now uh if if we're missing an obvious one please shoot an email or, or, or 
send a tweet to the Entitled Town, either Entitled Town account. Got a couple of quick emails um, from our buddy Vinny, who is now of Entitled Weekend fame. Um, this this is a pet peeve for me. Uh, Vinny's first email is, the narrative is a legend that became fact. But what irks me is if Bill wanted Brady out so bad, why did he trade away Jimmy G, Jacoby, not draft Lamar, and also tie up his cap space into funneling a competitive team in 18, uh, 17, 18, and 19? No one asked these questions, and it's very disingenuous. Well, disingenuous is the MO of most of the uh, the media uh, covering the team in Boston. Um, you know, Dan, this, the, the Patriots taping Rams practice is accepted as fact for the most part, and it's repeated over and over again over the course of two decades. Brady wanted to leave. People who want to believe that Bill kicked him out are going to push that narrative. It's probably not ever going to change. And can you imagine the the tantrum, as I mentioned before, that Mopey Tommy would have thrown if they had drafted Lamar Jackson and not drafted a weapon they drafted wow, yeah. Michelle in 18. They drafted Nikhil Harry in 19. They traded a second-round pick from Muhammad Sanu in all of his 18 catches. Everything <laughs> was done to placate Brady and try to extend that. We've, we've lost the battle on that narrative. That Antonio Bill Brown, Brady too. And, oh, right. Jesus, Antonio Brown. Nice vouch, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I, I can I, – we saw what he did with – I don't know if he really pitched a fit with Garoppolo, but he wasn't happy happy with that. You know, to see the guy that was supposed to replace him being drafted. I feel like this is a Giselle joke in the in the next guy there. We're we're on to the next dude, but I, I won't go there. Um last email from Vinny and going back to Brady vouching for Antonio Holmes. Um guys, who is your worst vouch? Mine's worst vouch is Mac Jones. I made excuses on the top of excuses, but after seeing Zappy respond after Mac Turtled, I feel like I have to eat crow. Who's our worst vouch? I'll speak for mine. Uh, Warren Sharp. I blew that one. I started <laughs> listening to him on Simmons's podcast a couple of years ago on Friday, and it took me about a month to see through the snake oil. Holy shit, what an absolute. He is a, a chud muffin pud, Scartelli. <laughs> Who is your worst vouch? Well, it's it's a tie, I think, uh, between uh, Mac Jones, unfortunately, for the uh, for the aforementioned reasons that uh, that our uh, our co-worker Mr. Jace brought up and uh formerly of Mass Live and now of the uh, Boston Herald Andrew Callahan. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I I and uh, I I probably I was probably right at the time <laughs> to use that deathless phrase. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I thought he used to be good but but now he's not. We had to suspend brother John for reckless and excessive <laughs> vouching at one point. Uh John actually vouched for this guy. I am delusional and I should never host again. I should never have a podcast. I am delusional. That's our friend, Nick Cattles, uh, unemployed radio legend, Nick Cattles, who simps and goons for Greg Bedard and uh, cleans his car and uh, makes his run to uh, the market basket to get, uh, to fill up his Splenda pot. Dan, who's your worst <laughs> vouch? Let's go back a little bit. You, you vouch for Sharp. Is there is there any record of that anywhere? Do we have any documentation? There, I, I tweeted something about. I was like, "Oh, enjoying enjoying your work uh, with California Bill." Oh wow! I don't know if that qualifies <laughs> as a vouch, but it's certainly it's it, it so awesome. level judgment. 
my mine's Perry. I've I've you know early on Fields Perry, yeah, the senator. Oh God! Oh no! Oh, he's gone downhill fast. That's got to be that. Part of that has got to be the just the the. I mean, think about who's on that show. Tomasi, uh, is the uh, child molester Tangway still on there? Is he still appear on that on that uh, show on that station? It's entirely possible. I'd have to. Is he in the cell out. next to Turtle Boy? Is that possible? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, so it's Phil Perry for Dan Scartsey, uh Andrew Callahan. You say Andrew Callahan? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's uh, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. But yeah, it's, we have never vouched. That's why we had uh, we turned it into an end show slogan at one point was to never vouch. Do you think it's um, generational? I think you know, a lot of you, I think you a lot younger of younger guys that are that were identifying. It's it, it may be it's uh who's what's the new Scotty what's the new Drew what's the new voice of the Celtics the name? Any yeah, idea? Uh, uh, well, we'll have to uh, we'll have to put this in 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 post production. I'm not off the top of my head. I couldn't say. Yeah. Well. Anyway, we're in the the golden. Uh, we have Mike Mike uh, Gorman. Jesus, Mike Gorman. <laughs> we've got we've got fifty with Jesus. Take another Xanax there, Irons for Christ's sake, Jesus. And we don't have much left of uh, of Mike Gorman. No, um, we don't. He's not throwing his certainly his fastballs off a little bit, but holy cow, this new guy in Scalabrini does me scrambling for the mute button. Good God, I pining for the golden days of uh, Gil Santos and Bob Cousy when Bob Cousy would talk about how Wick Wobie was having an effective <laughs> game on the post. <laughs> so yeah, it's we we when we were kids. You know, we had Ned Martin calling the Red Sox, Johnny Most calling um, the Celtics, the uh, severely underrated Bob Wilson calling the Bruins. And, uh, yeah, Gil Santos was was kind of brackety, did the 70s and then the 90s. Um, but the EEI mm-hmm. took over the Celtics. Excuse Drew me, the Carter is the fellow's name. Drew, Drew Carter. Carter. I was the Drew Carter. Okay. All right. Never trust a Drew. Uh, it's a, it's Drew with a D. Team. Drew with a D. <laughs> Okay, Drew, <laughs> Don't, Drew no, Carter. <laughs> it's funny. I saw something today. I saw something in my timeline where someone was, was saying that the announcers in the Boston College Fenway Bowl game were complete aids. And I looked it up. Drew Carter was there with Rod Gilmore <laughs> calling the game. So story oh, checks that, out. That's, uh, <laughs> that's unfortunate. <laughs> that is unfortunate. Um, gentlemen, thank you. Uh, I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas. Uh, and we'll wish you both a Happy New Year. And well, both our you, listeners man. as well. A happy new year coming up. Uh, Scartsy is on X at Pat Scartel. Uh, the sports drunk drawer is always a treat. It is at the 15 net got Tom. Dan is at Patriots Daily. My name is Mike Irons. Thank you for listening to Entitled Town. Happy new year, everybody. And uh, we're on to Buffalo next. And we will see you soon.